art inflects upon reality or our understanding of reality. An artwork uh, is both an image and an object in the world, whether it's uh, an image into a world or how it gets embedded in our world. And the play of that is interesting to me. Mummifying something and then making an object around it that is the image of the thing. The image continues into the object in a way that uh, sculpture of the past can never say that. If you cut into a bronze from the Renaissance, it's hollow. You know, it's skin deep, essentially. Welcome to What's My Thesis. I'm your host, Javier Proenza. And today my guest is Cameron Cummings. We're here at Permanent Storage, which is an artist-run space that you're the director of, or? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I started it in December 2017. Oh, so it's been out, it's been around for a minute. Yeah, yeah. So what, what, what's the interest in wax? As a, as a medium. I um, mean, because <laughs> as a Catholic, it has connotations for me. <laughs> but you're from Houston. I don't know. Like, are you Protestant grow, uh, yeah, upbringing? Was, okay. Yeah, right. I, I did go to a, a Christian school, but it was a, it was like a Baptist school. But um, but you guys don't fuck with candles the same way. No. no that, like, we're, mean, that's do. more of our seancey, ritually shit. Yeah, there's more, there's more everything in Catholicism. But <laughs> there's still, there still some candles involved, even in uh, Protestant uh, sex. Um I mean, you guys also do the transubstantiation, right? Like that's yeah, yeah, the, yeah. that's the Eucharist. I don't know. I actually did go to a service last Christmas because my my mom, especially, is still religious, so she kind of demands that of me. <laughs> so, and uh, you know, it's basically once a year that I go now. I guess if I see them at Christmas, and I know, yeah. So the candle, at least, uh, and the church they go to is not like Baptist. I don't know what ordination it is, but. Um, there is a candle involved. It's not during communion, though. I think it's just when a specific hymn is sung or something. Okay. I can't, I can't exactly remember, but there's always the candle that gets brought out. And, and humans are holding the candle? Yeah, we each got our candle. Yeah, yeah. I've never it. been, I've never, that just seems so dangerous. And you get the, you get the hot <laughs> wax to drip on your hand and you're oh. like, ah. Oh. <laughs> wow. That, it's all these little, like, little subtle differences between our very similar religions. <laughs> like, we, I don't know, I mean. We have the same main dude. <laughs> yeah. Pretty big differences, though, when you. Like, well, you guys don't have the Holy Spirit. I mean, we don't have to talk about your religious upbringing. I, we we have the Holy Spirit. <laughs> you do? Oh, yeah. okay. So then. We got the Trinity. You guys have the Trinity? So then what is it that you guys don't have? It's mostly. The uh, pedophilia, obviously. <laughs> it's, it's mostly rites and rituals that are uh, uh, extinguished with a lot of uh, Protestant uh, uh, versions of Christianity. Like, yeah, we do the communion. There's a, and But uh, a lot of the like hierarchy and the pomp and circumstance that goes with Catholicism is washed away. Yeah. I mean, that's, I, I think that's sort of what Puritanism was about was getting rid of you what guys, they saw as the obstruction between you and God. It was all this yeah. stuff. I would actually say it's actually the opposite. That stuff is actually kind of what more interesting and brings <laughs> you closer when you get rid of all that. And when you don't have stained glass, when you just have plain glass and none of that, fun stuff <laughs> uh it gets very dry pretty quick yeah yeah and uh and but, then it's you know, just you and the lord <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what they wanted i guess i don't know i don't know at one I, time that seemed the right way to go but yeah. uh yeah oh that cat is <laughs> the most acrobatic there's a cat on top of a wall of a partition wall yeah and that is a very tall wall so that cat i don't know how it got up there well there's there's a loft in there and she okay hops. <laughs> i was like hopefully the hopefully. claw marks i was picturing on the other <laughs> side of this wall <laughs> hopefully she uh shuts up after a while she's a very nice kitty 
No, I, she's not louder than the fans, so okay, she'll probably good. be cut out uh, with with uh, when I when I uh, put the gate on everything. You be quiet, Katie. Nah, she's cool. <laughs> uh, we we have cats. I'm literally editing an episode this morning on the way over here, and there's a cat in it. So uh. <laughs> it's cat and art. They kind of go <laughs> hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so then I'm sorry we get went off of an tangent, and I and I'm into it. We can always Religious talk about uh, religion. Is always an interesting topic to me because it's like about trauma. <laughs> yeah, for sure, and I, it does actually tie into the work I make and how I think about making my work. Uh, a lot of it is uh, based on that kind of spiritual void that uh, you know that I think is pretty pervasive in a lot of society now. Uh, like the one that's off camera here, that's just called Bone, and that was kind of basically like my version of a reliquary. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what, so how do you guys uh, handle reliquaries? Oh, they don't, they don't, they're you, not. You don't have relics, you don't have nah. like pieces of human meat no. <laughs> that people come, pilgrims come and worship? No, I mean, yeah, no. No. <laughs> Not that I know of. Maybe, maybe. Right. Catholicism does it a little bit more fun. Yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, I think that it's like, it's almost impossible to replicate though, because like, who's going to be, you know, after the merchant and the city state became peers, mm. like, who's going to have that kind of power? Like, what church? No church is ever going to be that powerful again, unless like we have an AI God soon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's come around the corner. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so then. Like, um, what is, what other, what are the main themes that like you, the religious stuff that you're into that co- shows up in the work or, I mean, cause you said it, it's kind of there or you don't have to. Uh, it is there. It's or just what is the work the... about specifically. Well, conceptually. What I think the work is about is sort of twofold. Um, actually I do think that the religious stuff, um, or the quasi religious or the, the fragments of, um, spiritual things are kind of actually the more superficial thing that I'm dealing with. Like um, this this one here that's on camera, mm-hmm. it's called Deposition, and that's, uh, that, that's an interesting word because it can mean many things, but in Catholic imagery, it's specifically uh, Christ coming off the cross. And uh, I'd never heard that term. Yeah. I'm, a, maybe <laughs> I only heard it in Latin. <laughs> maybe. Um, so, uh, and then this is like this is called Icarus fragment. So, playing you know with mythological devices or uh, illusions here and there. Um, that one over there off camera is more of an Egyptian motif. Mm-hmm. I saw this uh, Fayum uh, portrait in the Met a few years ago, and it was mounted on this red kind of thing. And I thought it was so cool <laughs> that mm-hmm. I wanted it. So I I kind of made my own version of yeah, it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously that has to do with death t- as well. Uh, all these things basically have to do with death, right? The one with Ercarus? <laughs> right. That dying. Like falling death. from the sky? Yeah. Uh, and then yeah. G- Jesus coming off of the cross. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of death, yeah. yeah. But it's heavily abstracted. A lot of people see this and they see a whale, which, I, you know, I, I get it. <laughs> and I, I actually think that's fine because, you know, there's the idea that, you well, know, Icarus mythical, fell myth- into the sea. I thought, yeah, fine. Fine. Not just that. I mean, whales are mythical. In, in yeah, sure. Like, there's like Jonah, a, Jonah yeah. and the whale. Yeah, yeah. It all, it all makes sense, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's that's kind of the uh, more of the surface, even though it's very abstracted. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to me, in my thinking, what I'm really interested in is, uh, and I feel like I 
uh, I don't do it as well as some some people, some artists I really like have done it, or I do it differently, or I would like to start making work more in this mode, which is um, the kind of degree that an artwork uh, is both an image and an object in the world, the way mm. the play of reality, basically, whether it's uh, an image into a world or how it gets embedded in our world. And the play of that is interesting to me. Um, there's a few artists who I really admire, sculptors like Charles Ray, who I think are kind of at the cutting edge of that, mm -hmm. of, uh, of this play of image and objecthood. And uh, yeah, it's just something I'm interested in. And that's why like uh, Egyptian mythology really interests me, mainly the act of mummification, this thing of, uh, and then mummifying something and then making an object around it that is the image of the thing or an idealized image or an archetypal image of the thing. Is, that's, that's an interesting play of reality. To where mm. the the image uh, inside the, the that the image continues into the object in a way that uh, sculpture of the past could never say that if you cut into a bronze from the Renaissance it's hollow you know mm. it's skin deep essentially and if you chip a marble similar thing it might be a solid but it's still the surface and the way that a sculpture can continue it, and in the way that it can continue in time and what uh, we do to it. Like if an object gets damaged, does the image continue or is it transformed? That's, that's what I'm interested in. That's why like uh, there's the idea that, uh, you know, marble, uh, white marble sculpture that's in a ruined state that came into vogue during the Renaissance that's still very popular that that's only visible under a certain kind of uh, aesthetic criteria mm -hmm. is interesting. Whereas if we saw those marbles in the original painting, which is fairly garish and kind of kitschy really even, yeah, yeah. would we be able to see it and recognize it as art? Or would it mm -hmm. be simply seen as discarded as a kitsch object? Which well, is still art, but a very kind of reductive form of art. I get what you're saying. I think to me what, what the... It's more archival feeling, like the same way that a black and white photograph versus a color photograph feels more historical, right? Do a little bit. It's it's what I was trying to get at was it's sort of a reversal of that that idea of the the ancient marble, where if you make something today in a authentic in a to state, the original, yeah, the way that it kind of anticipates its own ruination and continues that that ruination doesn't transform it, that it actually is, it remains the same. It remains kind of embedded in the world. The, so the fact that it was color still exists within it, that it was painted. Essentially, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and it, I guess uh, a good example of this, um, I guess would be, I, I already brought him up, Charles Ray, where certain sculptures he's done, maybe not everything, but uh, specifically like the tractor, if you've ever seen that one, I think it's in the Mo uh, Mocha collection. Um, what's really interesting about that uh, sculpture is that uh, I believe he uh, disassembled that tractor and then uh, modeled each component and reassembled it. Maybe not each one, but if you look at it very closely, you'll notice that a lot of the bolts are not sculpted. They're, they're real. So they're performing a real task of bolting together two pieces of metal. But it's so sculpted. Cast. Yeah. Well... That's, that's, that's actually one of those really 
uh, nerdy questions that I would love to ask Charles Ray's like, did you actually, did you just go to Home Depot and get, because <laughs> 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 that, that sculpture is aluminum, and I'm wondering if those are steel or whether he like got aluminum. Uh, I'm pretty sure that sculpture is aluminum. It, these are like very nerdy sculptural uh, questions, but yeah. they're, they're things that really excite me about uh, certain sculpture. Uh, and basically the, the point I was trying to make with that is that if something were to happen, that if like uh, you were to shoot it up with a machine gun or something, the essentially because the sculpture continues beyond its surface planes that, that's visible, it continues. Like if you destroy it more, the image is uh, uh, the image endures because because you know, no, I'm trying to follow. I'm I'm not trying to be difficult and not get it on no, purpose. I'm not. I, I'm not, not understanding. I'm not explaining it well enough, or what, what I'm no, thinking. No, I, mean, uh, I I think I'm getting it. It's I follow you to the certain extent where I think we're the thing that is escaping well, me is yeah. is the moment that is escaping me is is the image continues once it's destroyed. So like, so you, if you tie back, if I'm tying it back into what we're talking about with the sculpture, right? Like with the, with, with the painted sculpture. Uh -huh. So in the context, I, the, I think the image continues is the language that's, that's, that I'm, that I'm not okay. up to speed on. So if you can yeah. maybe. Well, uh, okay. I'll do uh, um, the, country, uh, the, the, uh, the opposite example, basically. If you, if you uh, shoot up or or cut into a bronze, an, an ancient bronze, uh, the image necessarily doesn't continue. It's disrupted. It, okay. it transforms. It becomes something else. Maybe it's still aesthetic to us. Maybe it's even more interesting. But it's not the original. It's not what was intended. So then now going and, to the example of the thing that gets destroyed, why, yeah. why does that have the difference? Mainly because a lot of the, the art that... Uh, the artists who are kind of... Uh, what I think, again, for lack of a better way of saying, kind of on the cutting edge of this, they kind of, uh, a lot of the imagery itself is already pre-destroyed. Mm -hmm. Like another example, Charles Ray, is, is uh, I believe it's called Unpainted Sculpture, and it's a sculpture of a wrecked car, mm -hmm. a car that uh, has been pretty much destroyed. And with that, I do know that for that one, he did disassemble the car, mm -hmm. and each element he so because sculpted. So because he sculpted the insides of Yes. It. They're because there's craftsmanship within within it. it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now so that if you yeah, yeah, yeah. if you if you take a you know a laser or whatever You're and cut it in half, inside. but the but what's inside is still the same image. Uh -huh. It's contradictory because we think image as planar. Yeah, yeah. But what I what I'm trying to say is that sculptural image in this way continues with uh, despite uh, its uh, ruination because it already anticipates it mm -hmm. and it anticipates it doubly really because the image the initial image itself is already of a wrecked car or yeah. a ruined tractor you know um so i i've always loved specifically those works by charles ray because they they seem so um aware of this kind of thing that that really excites me there are other artists who do it very differently mm -hmm. and that uh like um tom Sachs, i think is a good example of a sculptor who does this, but in a very different way. Um, a, a, a different example, but one that's probably fairly easy. It would be hard to parse Tom Sachs in this way effectively, at least right now, but Jeff Koons uh, specifically, like um, when he deals with uh, blown up objects or objects mm -hmm. that contain air, 
um like the balloon dog i know it's no one wants to talk about that i guess but uh <laughs> i have no beef with Jeff okay Curtis. good i mean i'm relieved uh, that you brought him up because i know that there's like such snootiness towards him and i'm yeah. like i like some things he's done like um i do like the basketballs and the in the tanks i think those are actually really cool um and even though yeah you know the balloon the balloon stuff the balloon motif might be overexposed what is still intriguing about that and charles ray himself has even talked about this in a positive light is that because the image itself is one where the object contains air mm -hmm. so he's he's kind of doing the same thing with those things but in a in a pretty clever way and in a way that's uh that that harkens back sort of to the the um the empty bronzes of antiquity and the renaissance is that if you cut into balloon dog yeah it is hollow yeah but the image does continue because a balloon dog necessarily is hollow it necessarily contains air so that hollowness is actually part of the so are you nature saying, of the image are you saying that the one that broke recently <laughs> is that is that still the image i wasn't aware of that but uh oh you didn't hear i thought literally this is why you were using this example no no I <laughs> okay so apparently someone knocked one over and it's in pieces oh, this is like so, I'm, you should look that up because <laughs> it's like oh, so no, no. freaking relevant to exactly what you're talking i did about. yes i did um yeah a small version yeah, ceramic right. at a fair yeah. Yeah, yeah um yeah essentially uh <laughs> yeah essentially I, I, uh, yes obviously it might take some hurdles to like uh get there in your mind and it's mostly it's mostly um would I say that that pile of debris is like a work of art or like mm -hmm. that it's better than the original or not something like that? Pro probably not. I think what I'm saying is that this is kind of the more philosophical component, for lack of a better word, uh, of these works that is yeah, exciting. Yeah. That it, it's bounded to their aesthetic potential, but it is a little bit outside the aesthetic in that it, it kind of has a... a what I think is a fairly intellectual or necessarily, well, a fairly, uh, it has to do with, with the way art inflects upon reality or our understanding of reality. So that I think is, uh, yeah. No, I'm following <laughs> That's what you. I say. So then like, if we cut that reliquary, what's inside of it? <laughs> there's, there's actually stuff uh, inside it. Uh, the, I didn't want to imply that it was like a dead baby, but... <laughs> no, yeah. There is actually... It's this weird um, amorphous kind of shape. Um, and to me, when I was making it, uh, you know, there's things inside of it. And I don't, I don't really want to go into what's inside of it. It's kind of a little... Personal? Personal secret. I mean, it's not personal, but it's kind of like... Eh, it's, now I want to rip it over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If, if, if it lasts any time at all, and if that's, you know... It, it's kind of again. It, it's um, yeah. It it is a more intellectual aspect of it, or a fun th thing to just think yeah, about. Yeah, it's a thought um, exercise. It's yeah. the kind of philosophical stuff that maybe isn't pragmatic. Like it's not going to help you feed your family, <laughs> but it's it's a it's a nice exercise. Yeah, none of this is going to help you feed family, but um, <laughs> well, most art isn't. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, the 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 object actually. It start originated with two components that were uh, mended together, and they're actually the same image, uh, the same object, just one slightly smaller than the other. And then on that, I just piled stuff, layered it, and then 
the the kind of exterior is is basically encaustic, mm-hmm. and then the the box itself is pure resin, which is kind of fun because it's it's clear resin, but it's it's built up in these layers, so it has this kind of moody atmosphere to it. And then, um, uh, let's see, that's kind of the best example of actually something that you could in my of- own work that it's kind of following mm-hmm. in this path. I'll, Albeit not in as precise a way, mm-hmm. um, and I think the precision of those images by Coons and Ray is, is what excites me because they're very, uh, to use like a Richard Serra term, they're like prime objects or mm-hmm. dominant objects. I think in terms of this 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 uh, mode of sculpture, yeah. And uh, I, you know, I for myself the 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 path that I've thought that I want to try to continue this trajectory would be into kind of mummification aspects, which I've only done very little of. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I want to do more. It's just... Um, would you consider the to... reliquary some, some, in that vein? Or is that not, well, I not mean, direct? I mean, literal. You, and again, but, it has to do with like... Wait, like biological matter? Yes. Matter? Yeah, okay, yeah. so what are you thinking of? Like, I, I'm thinking of... Well, who's I've... the artist that did the uh, sweaters for the birds? so okay i forget what her name is but so she did she basically i don't know what it happened like it affected me hearing this story so much that mm. i kept a dead bird that i found oh. that was like almost pristine but i could smell it and i was like oh yeah. that's what death smells like yeah no. uh, it like lasted two days before that smell came up but so i think what happened is that she found like a taxidermy bird or something like that or maybe she found an actual dead bird but anyway mm. The, the the however the process went in the end she had like a body of work that was just a bunch of dead birds that were wearing sweaters <laughs> i forgot what you said sounds oh, cool mummification yeah. but but so like i don't i think she did did taxidermy stuff but like are you mm. like gonna be going hunting and then mummifying no like no it's mostly gross, uh, like you're buying beef from the store <laughs> yeah. i no <laughs> There are different like things like I plan on doing or I've had like dabbled in in the past. Um, it takes a while for these things to like ferment in the mind mm-hmm. and then finally you know spill out in the world. But um, I actually do have a couple things that are like buried in in salt. The, you know, <laughs> beginning of this process. But they're honestly uh, usually things I find. <laughs> like uh, so, my true crime side like is the really road. starting to <laughs> to have problems with you. <laughs> Uh, I've done like some very small things. Like um, I found some like squished frogs, you know, that like in Houston where I grew up, I found these things years ago, just walking the streets. And then the summer, I think like this time of year, a little earlier, like all these frogs will come out and then obviously, you know, cars will run them over and then the heat comes. So they're, they're actually very quickly um, not mummified, but they're sort of preserved and that all their innards are dispersed and, and they're, they're, um, uh, desiccated, so there's no, there's not really a lot of bacteria build up. They're very uh, dry, so they just become these little patties. <laughs> I haven't done anything with them yet. Um, I wish I had more, but <laughs> so I could do some. But I, I actually like a couple years or a few years ago, I found a squished bird in Home Depot in the Home Depot parking lot. I was just walking, and I and I looked down, and it unfortunately was like a little baby, but it was completely. Mm. I yeah. guess it was springtime, you know, and one fell out oh, and yeah. got squished. But it was perfectly preserved, and it was an amazing image. And I did, I preserved that. I encased it in rubber, basically. 
and I made it work with that. Um, <laughs> so that's if that's you, quasi mummified. But well, if you actually question, if you put like something biological inside rubber, does it keep, or is it be, well, did it work because it was already? Yeah, it was already quite uh, self-preserving. Uh, yeah, one of I mean the the main components towards uh, mummification are uh, basically drying out the body with salt. Mm-hmm. You dry it out, and then you you want to gut it. You want definitely want to get the intestines out. So anything that's, that's bacteria. bacteria. Okay. So if something is squished on the road, and basically all the innards are expelled very quickly, and then it's heated very quickly, it's kind of doing the process very rapidly, or as rapidly as possible, to where there's not a lot of material for um, bacterial infestation or maggots but, or whatever. So, but the baby bird. What, it did it also have its like insides yeah it was okay. totally squished right. it was it was oh, like okay. it was like that um because i've seen them like you know they, they, they look like, like i wouldn't want to i would uh, if something was like just like i, I don't want to pick up something that's truly nasty yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. even that i was like eh. yeah <laughs> and gotta wash my hands but um yeah, so it's mainly, honestly, like roadkill that I found. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I've done some fish in the past, uh, but I, I, like, went to a market and bought the fish. I'm and then sure you can gutted them. Eat roadkill, so you can make art out of it, no? Like, is there, uh-huh. there's places where it's legal to just eat, right? Well, if you eat roadkill, you definitely want to make sure that that roadkill died pretty, pretty recently. Yeah. Maybe you just saw it get hit or something. Uh, Maybe I'm thinking the Beverly Hillbillies, and, yeah, and that's not a thing. But I, I'm a, pretty sure that like you can. I mean, I mean, yeah, you legally, could. legally, <laughs> no one's gonna be like, go to jail. No, no you might have to go to the hospital. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, just um, again, it it has to do with both a kind of both aspects of what I was just talking about. Basically, the spiritual aspect of this ancient practice of, of uh, trying to understand death and also the way in a sculptural practice, the way to get the image more embedded in the world ha- and to get it closer to the reality of the world. Mm-hmm. Well, that's maybe, that's not a very good way of saying it. Basically to try to, I like the, the phrase continuing the image. Mm-hmm. I don't know. To me that that's the most, uh, or at least right now when I'm thinking that's a pretty effective way of describing um how to um, uh, how, how to push the image um, into the world? Mm-hmm. Essentially, no, no, I get. I, I know get. these these are kind of metaphorical ways of describing it, but it's it's hard not to. Uh, I mean, art is, get, is <laughs> yeah. pretty much all metaphor, no? <laughs> right, and that that's essentially yeah. the play is the degree of literalness and metaphor, and a lot of that has to do with the thing, the kind of sensibility that has been inherited from the ready-made and minimalism, the literalizing of the object and how to get illusion back into play mm-hmm. or how to play, maybe not how to get it back into play. Like it's a bad thing to be like partisan about what side of the artistic aisle you're on in terms of whether you like illusion or literalness. But um, Which, what side are you on? No, no, no. I don't want to be that. Oh, you don't. I, okay. I, I, that's why I say not to get illusion back into play, but just... The play of illusion mm-hmm. is what interests me, and how to how to push that play even further, yeah. further than at least further. I mean, further than what I have understood is happening in the works of like Charles Ray Sachs, Coons, or whoever else. But um, I mean, 
you, I would definitely say you're like I talk to contemporary artists, the artists that are now making stuff that yeah. identify as modernist. I would say you're probably most overtly not modernist in in the way that you th- you are approaching your own practice. If you know, uh, like I mean, not 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 as a pejorative to no, no, side, I know, but yeah. just as an observation. Like, do you do you feel like? Because I mean, I'm a conceptual artist. I'm doing stuff that is like like painting based now. Mm. But it's so hard to fucking escape what I am, you know? So, like, <laughs> yeah. So, like, someone recently asked me what it's about, and I was like, oh, I actually have an answer, and I thought I didn't. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> but, interesting. Yeah, yeah, but then you're like, oh, I've been thinking about it the whole time. Yeah. But but I, it sounds like you're much more deliberate. Like, maybe the thinking leads the practice a little bit more, which it can for me sometimes. Yeah, that's actually a very good question, because that's something that I was going to go on a tangent on, and I didn't. But I, I'm glad that we... Yeah, kind of naturally arrived there. We're gonna cycle back through everything yeah. you've said and and find <laughs> what we missed. Yeah, <laughs> and then and then when there's like 15 minutes left, I'm gonna be like, did I did I forget to ask you anything? Right. <laughs> um, it's kind of it's kind of like that. The the degree of control you have in the making of your own work is an interesting question. And even though I've thought this stuff through to some extent, um, I think it's fairly apparently from what's visible that. You might look at this and be like, well, how is this functioning in the way you just described? And it is only in part, I would say. I don't know if I've gotten there fully in my mm-hmm. work. I, don't, I definitely don't think I have. But uh, also, I do think you start in on an object or just on a material, and it kind of it starts dictating itself to you. And even though you, you might have a, um, uh, a specific mode or sensibility that you're working in, um, it can sometimes the image or just the the work takes over and you know it, you can get lost and so it's a constant push pull that i know every artist feels of of uh, knowing what they're about and mm-hmm. then their work telling you what it's about yeah uh, and how to navigate that is always tricky uh sometimes you know i'll stumble on an object i just come across and it immediately evokes an image and i run with it other times i'll plan out something for months even years before I get to it, or just never get to it, you know? So or it's not yet. <laughs> or not yet. Yeah. Yeah. Again, uh, how these things uh, fi- uh, ultimately manifest is a very mysterious aspect that uh, I have no real idea how that. Uh, how that operation occurs. But, but then, yeah. do you do like what do you what what kind of. Um... Not to be like research, right? Like, because yeah. maybe it's not that deliberate, right? Because I think art research a lot of times isn't. Art research is just kind of idly interested in something and then all of a sudden you see it show up, right? Mm. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's why I was obsessed with that. And mm. you didn't even really know what was tickling you about it. But um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, in terms of like materials and whatnot, I, I I definitely understand what you're talking about. Like I've had things that, or sometimes you have a material and then you have an idea and you don't realize that they go together, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, you know, you have something that you've stashed away yeah. and you thought it, it goes into that, oh, I'm never finishing that. It was just an idle thought that I had. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, there it is again, you mm-hmm. know, which is a really interesting thing. Yeah. Um, I made a deliberate effort to stop being so literal like in in the in my work where I could I was finding myself and I've said this before so apologies to people that listen but um just the uh like I just got tired about how easy it was to explain my work because it was so conceptual <laughs> and conceit <laughs> yeah. that you didn't even need to experience it and to get it but then 
you're missing something by not experiencing and thinking you got it. You know, like yeah. like it, like it was just very easy. So I mean, to some extent, I'm happy that that stuff is still there, mm. but it's not maybe like that dominant in the work. But like, yeah, it was just like sort of realizing like, yo, like I'm thinking and I'm not realizing that I'm thinking. What right. about in terms of okay, going back into the research thing? Like, what do you consume a lot of mythology? What what is your main like? Um, like, because obviously you know something. Are you going to like <laughs> museums and you or or? I mean, the Icarus story is maybe like a story that's like a, a grade school story. So most people mm. probably are familiar with it. Yeah. But I don't think the Egypt stuff that you were addressing was necessarily like. It sounds like you have some depth to the to to your interest in in that stuff is that the main thing that you're like like what are your interests outside of art making that in that come in to play um yeah well well outside of art but very contingent on art uh the interests that come into play are kind of the things we we already talked about which are the the kind of um spiritual void that i but I'm saying specifically, like, what, like, do you read the Odyssey? Oh. Do you, you, no, I, I, you know, like, I, I mean, not not to get, like, I mean, that's just an example. But, yeah. like, what, what, okay, you can't make art in a void, right? You Like, if you, <laughs> right. if we locked you in this room, you would only make art about being in this room, right? Mm. <laughs> like, uh, and and so life experience comes into play, right? Mm. That, which is why, like, we all sucked when we were younger and we look back and we cringe at some of our old work, mm -hmm. right? And you're like, oh, my God, I was so unsophisticated. Yeah. So, like, like what is that, um, what is the experience of life for you? Because, I mean, I know very little about you. I know that you you do, uh, like, you do, are, do, are you scholarly? Like, I know that, that I know that your day job is, like, art handling and stuff like that. Yeah. Do you spend a lot of time reading? Are you playing a lot of, like, 20 hours of Civ 6 like I do. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. A, I'm definitely not a gamer. Uh, I didn't say I was a gamer. I said I played a lot of video games. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, that shows just how little I know about gaming of what the, no, the rules are for being qualified as a gamer I or think not. That, I think <laughs> it's more of a commentary on how old I am and that it wasn't okay, <laughs> okay. when I was a kid to be a gamer, and I am resistant to that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I don't play music. I don't play video games. Uh, I would like to do certain things that I, that I just don't. I mean, I'll be honest. It it sounds maybe very boring, but I I mainly just think about art and make art and read about art and. <laughs> so you <laughs> look read. At art. You you spend a lot of time reading specifically about art, like yeah, I do. Like yeah. what? Uh, like well, not theory. Art. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, a lot of time. I don't know. Uh, depends on what you mean by that. I, I basically. I mean, no I, one's going to hold you to the counter to, yeah. the, to the to the schedule you keep. I I always try to have a book that I'm digesting. I've read a lot of uh, Dave Hickey recently, and I have another book by him that I I want to read. What does he write about? Um, art. <laughs> but I mean, like, dude, Clement Greenberg writes about art. I'm sure it's not the same shit. No. Um. <laughs> uh. Dave Hickey, I believe. Yeah. He he's dead now, but uh, he. He kind of, uh, he's kind of a, a breath of fresh air for me, at least. Um, I've read two of his books, and I think I only started reading him probably less than a year ago. And uh, he basically just talks very matter-of-factly about um, the art world and about art education and the art market and things like that. And also uh, less... Uh, 
day-to-day things are real world things he talks about you know taste as well but he talks about these things in a way that one i think is extremely beautiful writing but also uh good prose good prose but also um just a very knowledgeable guy who de- he, he's not trying to uh, deceive you mm. and um There's a lot of that shit in the art world. (laughs) Yeah. And in writing. And even in art writing. And so, and part of, I think his, uh, his frustration with the art world was, uh, was that was the, the kind of lack of sincerity and blah, blah, blah that was going on in multiple aspects. So it's, it's, it's a good read. I highly recommend them. Yeah. Uh, how, what is his take on art school? That's, that's a very interesting one for me. Where did you go to school? NYU. NYU. Okay. Yeah. I, are you happy with your education? Yeah. Um, mostly happy. Uh, retro, you know, in retrospect, during during it, I I felt like well, I was one. I think I was a jerk, and also yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I I can relate. And, and also um, pretentious. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Me too. <laughs> and also I just um, I I think like full of complaint. During the program, uh, for what reason, not too sure. But I think a lot of the real education kind of happened after school, looking back on my experience and trying to understand, like, why my attitude was bad and things like this. And uh, just, uh, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't put it all on you because the whole thing is kind of unnatural. I was recently talking to my friend who was saying that uh, a particular... Well, whatever we said it on the episode that was saying that Skowegan is not a cult, but mm. it has like you know what that it's a yeah. residency in Maine. So the the that idea there's something really strange when you as an adult get to not fight the in the capitalist system to stay alive. Like whether or not like whether or not you you have money from your parents or you have like you know loans that you're living off of like the insane amount of pressure and then. It's almost mm. like like it's almost like you're in summer camp with adults, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the level of responsibility is gone. And so like so, some really interesting cultural things happen there. Mm. And I think that there is a, like an overt cult element to like edu- art education. Oh, yeah, for sure there I mean, notoriously certain schools that have this kind of aura and uh oh, we're talking about color arts, right? <laughs> well, not not just that, but there are other ones. East Coast schools also, for sure. Like which um, ones? Come on, man. Well, Yale is yeah, pretty yeah. notorious. Um, yeah, you know, but whatever. I mean... Uh, I know two dudes that went to Yale. One is super <laughs> humble and one is cool, but like very driven. <laughs> well, there's nothing wrong with being driven. It's it's mainly just the, the kind of... Uh, I mean, it it's... It's the idea that uh, it's, a, it's a similar thing where like um, quality artifacts are at quality institutions. You know, mm-hmm. you go to the Met for quality artifacts. You go to the Guggenheim for quality paintings. And Yale, uh, the, the branding element of a lot of these universities, these more uh, intense ones like maybe Yale or CalArts, there's a kind of a presumption of quality if you get in and you graduate. And... We all we all know in art that this this idea of uh, quality is maybe not a good word because I don't think really any, anyone has a real basis for what means quality. It basically means uh, there's uh, people backing yeah. these people, and uh, the problem is is that you know life is to me at least 
life seems kind of long and an art career you know you, you can be up for 10 years and then down yeah so it uh, i i yeah as far as art's concerned that these things are the verdict is never really decided and you know um, until we're all dead <laughs> i think it was francis bacon who said something like you can never really assess the quality of uh works of art until it, i think it, he said this is uh verbatim i guess or not not exact he said something like you can't tell the quality of an artist until 50 years after their death yeah. or something like that basically that you got to get away from them thank god we don't have to find out <laughs> <laughs> you got to get away from them you got to get away from people immediately around them so that the only the only voice left is the art yeah, essentially yeah. It's getting away from a lot of these things that obfuscate or hide the just uh, deadpan aesthetic judgment of an artwork. Uh, besides the name or the discourse around it or the fact that this person went to Yale. <laughs> yeah, and I just want, I, I realized that I made the other, one one of them seem like really driven and the other one seem not. <laughs> and I'm like, they're both driven. It's just... Uh, Too one, driven. No, it's, I think the distinction is that one does public works. And to me, that is like, you know, like when you're getting into like uh, public works commissions and stuff like that, like that is a whole different, that's mm. like a new skill set that I didn't learn in school. So to me, like that is impressive in that sense. Yeah. But they're both like fucking kicking ass. It's not. Okay, <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah. I just didn't want to be like, yeah, going to Yale sucks. No, um, no. But, I, but, yeah. Or, and, and also, they're both I'm just, my, they're I'm just both jelly. My no, I'm jelly too, and they're, and they're both my friends. So I just wanted to clarify that not one one is not better than the other. No. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean the 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 education system is always interesting. What do you what does he say about the art world itself? Like it, uh, it you know does he does he get into like the fact that it's uh, a uh, <laughs> that we all have to deal with the fact that we're just at the highest levels? It's just money laundering. <laughs> um he definitely gets into the bureaucracy he's very anti-bureaucracy it's very clear in his writing and so like what the, does he consider bureaucracy like institutions well institutions gatekeeping and whatnot a lot well yeah a lot of that and a lot of uh just uh more people in places of power that kind of don't have that that are they have well i think you just have to to read him, but he's very anti-bureaucracy. Uh, it's the administrative side of of the art world that uh, gets in the way, essentially. His thinking of the of the really experience of art, and also also potentially can crush the experience of art of good art uh, if the wrong people, if we if bad actors get into play. And you know if. the the yeah, but I mean <laughs> bureaucracy by its very nature, I would argue almost guarantees that yeah, yeah. um it's, it's just, like not having psychopaths in the cia yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just the incentive structure that that yeah. kind of uh, not having rapists pedophiles <laughs> in the catholic church <laughs> yeah right yeah <laughs> <laughs> institutions support certain kinds of actions right yeah. yeah and uh uh but he's one one thing that's very exciting about his writing is that he'll often write whole essays about things that are not even about the art world, but are very related, or he'll bring it back. Like he liked, he likes to talk about the uh, uh, the creation of basketball and the mm -hmm. rules of basketball, and how that can even relate to. I'm just picturing the art world. a bunch of really short white guys. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's very interesting the writing and the different things he picks up on. Um, 
so it it's pretty exciting because he does get away from the kind of uh, uh, tired language of certain scholars and the kind of the the kind of looking at art in a vacuum. And it's hard not to do that when you're writing about art, it's what you're writing about. But he's very good about picking up all these different cultural aspects and mm -hmm. relating it back to visual art, basically. And do you write yourself? Like, is that a practice ah, that you try to... I, I, I Try is a good word. <laughs> I mean, it's always in the back of my head. Cause, but I'm like, where am I going to find the fucking time? <laughs> yeah. I, I've been trying to write stuff for a few years now and it's always been very difficult i've used instagram a little here and there to try to write little blurbs or little yeah. blurbs they're i don't think anyone reads them because they're they look at the image and then they see the text and it's this it's this big and they're like oh no but <laughs> i do it mostly for me as an exercise just to try to stay within the limits of uh -huh. the instagram word count to see like what i can say because my problem at least as far as writing goes is one it's hard it's really hard to write just beautifully or well at all um i don't think that's na uh, a natural ability of mine at all it's uh i can write simply but not yeah like and, I, it's, and, the, like not artfully yeah and i would argue that dave hickey does both he's very intellectual very knowledgeable and also his writing is just very gorgeous uh so it it they're very nice to read um but also yeah i try because and fail so far because one I'm not very good just at the writing itself, but also too, I, I seem to, it's hard to stay on rails, you know, to be your own coach, so to speak. That's why I talk about the Instagram, the Instagram saying like, you can only have this many characters where if I have a subject and I start writing about it, um, it, it can kind of go off track <laughs> or, or become too big. Yeah. And then I'm thinking like, what am I doing? You know, and I, I have a few bits of writing that i'm trying to to get done uh i had one that i was hoping to put out like in february but other things happened and now it's uh, may but it it had directly to do with like art forums best of 2022 and now it's may so i'm like well i still want to finish it just i want to do that just for myself yeah. yeah uh you can put it out <laughs> next year when they do that <laughs> right but uh that's a little bit on the back burner, but I have this other thing that I started to write to do another like little Instagram thing, and it kind of got too big even for that. And this there's one, a there's a text limit on Instagram. Yeah, there. what is it? I don't know, okay. <laughs> but I know there's some limit. You, you uh, might be the only person that came close to knowing. <laughs> that's I get exactly. No one reads like I wouldn't read that if I was scrolling. Well, I mean, and I that's saw, not fair. I I have a I, I've had a guest on who's a lawyer. <laughs> um, was a criminal defense attorney and she her dad was uh, mm. one of the yippies was one of them i think his name was skip williamson he's like a cartoonist but oh. anyway she writes like huge things and i'm always like tell me about the how fucked up the system is so <laughs> so if if i'm sure there's an audience for it yeah i i do read i have some uh accounts i follow that do sort of long-winded things and every now and then i'll read them but uh yeah, maybe one or two people out there have actually read what I've read. Have you ever tried to do like one of those carousel posts where you just have like text uh, and then text and then text? Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's mo mostly, I'll be like doing that is really just for me just to mm -hmm. see if I can say anything in such a small window. Um, that That's kind of what, you know. Do, are you on Twitter at all? No, no, no. I, I, so I can only do one social yeah. media. <laughs> I'm oh, pretty sure Jesus that... I, I try to do more than one, and I can only do one. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure 
in a decade i i won't have any i'll, yeah. I'll be i'll be completely over it but um i i have another thing that i'm hoping to really finish it's always very difficult at the end when i feel like everything's kind of uh summiting in the text and you're trying to congeal it and yeah. and uh get at something uh but i'm very close to finishing one thing and it's much shorter it's like under 2000 words but it's about anselm Kiefer and the exodus show that i just had that shit was crazy yeah and i i loved it and i wrote a little instagram blurb about how much i basically liked it but but then this text is mostly me kind of questioning certain things like what uh <sighs> Well, it's, did it it's, need to be that big? <laughs> <laughs> no, it definitely did. Yeah, no, sure. that's the thing. I that start. Scale I, on that is so huge, yeah. dude. I've started the text by just saying like I like the work, but but <laughs> and and that's something I can't escape. And the the whole basis of the text is basically uh, the nature of the aesthetic in Kiefer's work and and how like I can't help but like that work when I see it. It's instant, you know. Yeah. The 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 um. The quality of that work is like, I mean, how can you deny it, right? I mean, it's it's amazing. But do you uh, know what year he was born? Forty five. Forty five. Okay. Yeah. So he was like literally born when it ended. Yeah. 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 Um, but uh, it's mainly, uh, it's kind of to distill it very clearly is difficult. But and it's just me kind of questioning this, and it is partially a kind of. Are you saying you feel manipulated by how much you like the like by by the aesthetic of it? Is that what? Is <laughs> no, that, no. Oh, okay, it's not that I. It's not that I feel like I'm being manipulated or lied to by what what I'm saying. It's mainly um, the the kind of it has to do a lot with the discourse around him, the overexposure, and those are kind of moot things when it comes to just appreciating the work. Do you think um, he's overexposed? Well, to I mean, like, to the to the level of like uh, Coons. Oh well, I mean, definitely. I mean, you he's so? he's okay. huge. But I mean, it depends on what we actually mean by overexposure. Uh, I mean, I like him a lot. So, no, but uh, <laughs> what do you mean by overexposure? Well, the, that's the thing. Um, it's mainly the degree to which basically he's not bigger than Banksy. <laughs> yeah, he is. I'm, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm saying like Kiefer's not... one of the biggest, most successful living artists. No, in no, the world. I'm saying he's not like mainstream like that though. I guess not, but I mean, I mean in I terms say, of of cash flow and things like that, he's proud of living artists. He's he's got to be. No, no. Uh, I mean, I know. I'm 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 aware like, that he's yeah. like he's doing well for himself. He's, I mean, he's doing okay. Look at the fucking size. He's, like, he's what making a studio living. does he work in? <laughs> right. Exactly. And, and if you guys haven't seen the Exodus show, like go look at pictures have, and look at the scale of a human being standing next to one yeah. of those pieces. Very impressive. Like one of the panels is maybe this wall. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, like, not all the way to the top, because this is pretty tall, but, like... The... And then the, there'll be six or eight panels per painting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, That shit was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, I, I loved it. I can't not love it. But it's basically um, all the kind of uh, stuff around him, and even his kind of own sense of... It's, it's basically has to do with the degree to which um, our current taste will endure in history, how he'll how this work will um, continue beyond him and how there's already, because there's so much money around him, so much build up, so much institutional approval, none of these are necessarily bad, but it's just a question of uh, the apparent righteousness of his work, um, both in terms of 
what he's gotten out of life through it, but also in terms of its imagery and what it's telling us. You know, because his imagery is always about Nazism and blah, blah, blah. Um, Not necessarily and, directly, the fallout, like the, the aftermath, I would say, you know. Certainly, yeah. Yeah, like he's not—he's not necessarily confronting Nazis directly. It's more of like, <laughs> it's more of like it's a looming cloud. Yes, yeah, and actually, that's that's a great way of saying it because um, to me, it, it's it's wondering if he has not become a victim of his own success or his own sense of, for lack of a better word, righteousness in this endeavor. Victim because, now. well, well, uh, of becoming for lack of a better word or phrase, too big to fail, or again, like so much approval around him that what he's doing must be right, must be good. Are, but are we so certain of what it, what's actually happening in the work, in our subconsciousness when we see it or when we appreciate it? Whereas I think an earlier work by his that's really infamous, The Occupations, where he did the Sig Heil, you know, photographs uh -huh. of him. He did that when he was very young, and, you know, he was very naive, obviously, and everything, but very brash and very ambitious also. And, you know, those are just photographs. They have, they're very intriguing to me. And they're, what's so interesting about that is the way that the, the kind of uh, aesthetic virtue of those works cannot, is, inextric uh, is inextricably linked to the kind of question of morals. Mm-hmm. And also the fact that he's doing it. Do you he's think he's it. moral about it, though? Do you think that there's morality in it? Like, I, I mean, just like give me examples. I mean, obviously, Exodus is a, is an impactful <laughs> word, but yeah. But I, I never feel lectured. No, no, okay, no, no. All right, all right. I would, I would never say he's he's lecturing you. Okay. Um. Uh. What I'm saying is that him 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 putting himself out there when he was so young and had uh, none of the approval, you know, people forget that, that the last time that I think that he was interviewed and he was actually questioned hostily was probably in the eighties. And there's a great documentary called operation sea lion on YouTube, where even when he was very successful in the late eighties, I believe this documentary took place, but the interview uh, interviewers, at least at a couple points are kind of openly, uh, hostile to him mm -hmm. of what he's doing of the gestures and art he's made because there was always the question early on in his career like oh is he a neo-nazi he's doing the sig heil you know like what, uh, why is he doing this yeah, yeah. blah blah and the point that i was trying to get at with those early works is that he he that was the question i think unconsciously he was grappling with the the the, the nature of aesthetics wrapped into morals because that's essentially what if you're if you're playing with art and you're playing it in the uh if you're well if you're engaged in art but you're playing uh with the issue of nazis as he was in the early like then you do you understand the way you have to deal with the kind of aesthetic of the nazis the way nazis dealt with art or how they understood uh, aesthetics and that of course gets into um the aesthetics even of humanity of the kind of humanity they wanted and the uh, destroying yeah. of a certain aspect of humanity. I get what you're saying. I'm following you so far. Yeah. The thing that I am not seeing the connect, or that hasn't been connected to me yet, is how that's moral. Like I, I, I think that well, I, the moral part has to do with himself putting himself, he putting himself out there in in the image of a Nazi. And so then, but 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 he's so. But he, you could argue he's being amoral. 
or exactly exactly okay. that that that's the question okay. of the moral right. and that's why people accused him because they you know they said look he's you know but, the, but is he a Nazi? yeah kind of? okay so, but somehow and and i think that that kind of fairly courageous act of a young artist who has everything to prove but also nothing behind him yeah um is kind of lacking in his work now because he has everything behind him and That's nothing true. to chris prove burden too you know like right but but <laughs> but like chris the, burden didn't say like i'm tackling this issue of the question of moral in the aesthetic yeah but he did get shot in a fucking <laughs> art class i mean I plenty think, of people have gotten sh uh, shot in art class but uh <laughs> no i'm saying i'm saying i mean i get what you're saying well chris chris chris's work specifically had to do at least my understanding and i i have not really thought about his work in depth but i know a kind of classical or the traditional mode of engaging his work is how is dealing in masculinity, you know. And yeah, which is we can see we, we can see very clearly in the lamp post piece <laughs> and in the cars piece. I mean, come on. <laughs> well, the early work specifically, the performances, yeah, 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 you know. Yeah. But I'm just but, I, I I'm just saying that like it's like I don't even know with institutions if I have the balls to do shit that I would have done as a kid. You know what I mean? Like I, I mean, I get what you're saying. I'm not, I'm not pushing. It's back a, it's entirely. a very fine line that I'm, yeah. I'm dis discussing in, in the writing. And to me, and that's why I start the work with saying like I like the paintings because you don't like the paintings. No, I do. I <laughs> no, love the don't. paintings. No, I'm, I'm <laughs> I, 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 I. It would be amazing to, to even approach even a little bit of what he's been able to capture in, in that kind of uh, space. I really do like uh, love. <laughs> see, see, I think okay. I get what you're saying with the with the stuff, but yeah. I don't. I mean, I, I feel like you have to be someone that's very tied to a moral rectitude to sort of maybe interpret some of that through that lens specifically, because to me, that's more about ambivalence than morality. What is the just dressing up like for NC Kyling? Like that, that is that, that, that is uh, like a nihilism, going on? not even that, but like, how, mm. how, what is it? Okay, like if you're cosplaying as something that's evil, right? Like, why would you do that? It goes to towards, towards ritual magic and stuff like that, more of like the like, like, uh, pomp and circumstance element of it, right? This is a historically pomp and circumstance uh like thing, yeah you know like so so it is i don't i i get i get why people would object to it because you can't really do, i mean they almost banned uh roger waters for doing a parody in mm. the, like i don't know if you heard about this they they canceled yeah. the show in germany because he was wearing a nazi uniform <laughs> and like Jeez. and then and then they let him do the show and they uncanceled the show because the judge found that like yo he's not pro nazi yeah. <laughs> like this is theater and you're allowed within that space Within the space of theater, you are allowed to yeah. take these things. I get. I mean, I, 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 I just, I, my, my, ju I'm just surprised because I've never ever thought of his work as moralist. You know, I thought, I thought of it, I, I thought of it as as melancholy. Mm -hmm. I thought of it as sure, sad and yeah. all, and all and and um, kind of self reflective and all of that. But yeah. not never ne like you know even the books, the lead book and and the lead mm -hmm. airplane like that that stuff doesn't read to me like no because like it's like, it's heavily abstracted and yeah. I get at that in the work too is that the precision the precision of the early imagery of just him in this garb doing this gesture and the the symbolism of that was um was, was important. He, 
was he like it's also like a uh, a there's like a free speech element to it you know right because it's like there is there i mean there is a faction of people that think that like yeah it makes sense that you you ban all nazi paraphernalia in sure. a place where nazism was crazy but like that is still a form of censorship a form of yeah. control which is like it's it, it's paradoxical in that sense. Yeah. Does that uh, make sense? Yeah. I mean, Kiefer's talked about that, how his early childhood, they wouldn't really discuss it. And a lot of it was that this kind of cultural amnesia and him, you know, confronting that. And yeah, that, that's yeah. what I'm saying. And you got it earlier where there are aesthetics of Nazi culture that we actually do appreciate even today. Hugo Boss, Mercedes. Um, you know, yeah. there are beautiful things that came out of this horrible entity, but that, that's well, kind of, I wouldn't go and say that, that, not, that, that okay, that, maybe that's going that's pretty far, beautiful but things. there are intriguing things or yeah. things that kind of uh, like, Ooh, that's a nice jacket. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, but, but uh, look, but it is, it but is, that's, that's what I was getting at with yeah. the, with the, the way little aesthetic niceties at that, the door to the moral or the immoral is the kind of uh, uh, at, at the heart of the matter uh, that I'm getting at. And you're right that Kiefer doesn't preach really, or he, um, there's not a lot of um, uh, it's almost like overt moralizing, but he actually does do that. Like even in the interview he gave about Exodus, there seems to me again, like the, the kind of, um, just ready-made righteousness in his work and in what people expect where you know it's about it's called exodus the the theme of the show really is about global migration so it's very current and timely and that there's nothing wrong with that mm -hmm. but i do think that um that there's there's a little bit too much certainty around the fact that it must be good he must be saying the right thing or that he must have the right what, opinion what do, you, what do you think he's saying in that show um well <laughs> uh this is interesting I, yeah I, I don't i actually didn't even read any of the stuff about the the the, the show so what, what what is what is he what is his take on the show well uh you know i i, I don't really and, know and I'm, I not, think, I'm not saying that yeah. there's i'm not saying that there is no more moralizing in the work i'm just I, i'm just surprised to hear someone um say that they're that that when they see the work, they're confronted with that question. Personally. No, I I think that or that you that you are having this reaction. That, it, that that's just surprising to me. But I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong. Yeah. Go ahead. To me, that that is the uh, the crux of the issue with the early occupations. And then as his work developed, as he basically be, uh, became more and more of an abstract artist, or the 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 uh, imagery in his work abstracted and he became more successful that took that was more on the back burner mm -hmm. because that problem had essentially been solved by um everything behind him so so you think he stopped talking about it because he because of his success he stopped talking about never, the moralizing there's never a stop talking about it. i don't know if he's ever talked necessarily about morals he doesn't seem to talk about that he talks about you know the Kabbalah and things like that. Um, yeah, because he's cool as shit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would just because um, he's rich and he's got time to read. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
it's uh i don't disagree with you i'm just yeah. I, this is just a really interesting take and i want to dig I, I've, I've been wanting to dig it deeper into it i don't i actually don't i don't think that you're wrong there probably is some moralizing i'm just the, I, what what is what is surprising to me is your um i i mean it's you're you're ambivalent towards him a little bit no, because, um, because of this, I feel, or no, okay, uh, maybe there's a tinge of doubt. I would say I would the, characterize it that way because, again, I I'm all, I've always been so a then, fan. So. Let, so then let's let's take it to the logical conclusion of what you're talking about and say, um, like, what what does he say specifically that has so much certainty that you think could be wrong? Because that's an interesting question. Right, like I, I, I I'm yeah. with you. I'm, I am not a moralist personally myself. I'm more of an absurdist, where it's like I, I I'm not. I'm. You, you asked me. You said nihilism, but more, <laughs> more absurd and more data than than you know, like fucking r- yeah. r- uh, black pill. I don't think it's it's good ever to be Absurdly. like a moralist or or yeah. I think that and the way I have phrased in the writing is that the whole point. I, again, I I feel like. Uh, there's been some twisting going on here. I'm not saying that. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. If I'm paraphrasing wrong, I apologize. It's the question, the moral question, the moral ambiguity that was key. And now it's the moral certainty that's put to out of play because you're certain. Why do you need to talk about it? But what what is he certain about? It's not that he's certain. It's that we're certain. We're certain that he's a good artist. That he's a good artist. (laughs) Yes. That he, (laughs) now you're making me look weird. I'm fucking with you. Uh, we're certain that he's a great, great artist, a good artist, a great artist, and also we're certain that the the politics or whatever else, or the morals or whatever's around his work, must be on the right side, whatever that means. Yeah, yeah. And you you just want to see the a whole bit point. More, more the whole the whole point of that early work was question the question of yeah. not the right side, but just of who we are and on what side we actually are on. Because there's a difference between what we say and what we do. And that, that's a big issue with the text itself that I'm even writing is a lot of it is just around the discourse, mm-hmm. even what he said. And that's not really what the art is. The art is what the art is, you know. And the degree to which those words adhere to a work or not is an interesting question. And the degree to which if those words are uh, dislodged from an artwork, do, is the artwork the same? Well, of course it's not the same. But it's the question of, um, is it art without the words? Because mm-hmm. some art is only words, <laughs> quite literally. No. Um, so uh, th- that's an interesting question and something I'm trying to grapple with. Uh, and it, it's, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's uh, hard to pin down. And it is sort of, in my own head even, one of, Maybe I'm just thinking too hard about this, or maybe I'm just trying to come up with a reason not to like him or something. Well, uh, to be fair, and I've been I, like I've just been trying to pick into like w- and get an understanding of what you're saying. But to be fair, I mean I don't think Exodus is his best work. <laughs> you know, oh, it's uh, a it's amazing and it's impressive. Yeah. You know, so I'm not I'm not against the notion, but I I think that that I ascribe that more towards like I expect to only have like one thing that fucking nails it you know, in mm. my life. And then everything else is just kind of like, oh, yeah. I like it, but that's the piece, you know? Like for me, the 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 lead books are really interesting. I think that that stuff is more... Mm. So I, I understand with relating to someone's work, like from an earlier period, right? Where their concerns were different. 
So I'm I'm not a, I'm not uh, I'm not saying I like I am with you. I don't like certainty, so I don't have any certainty in this conversation. <laughs> I just kind of wanted to get to the bottom of what you were saying because it's more than anything, it's surprising to me because I mean I get I get it. It is I I always felt it was heavy, you know. Mm. Uh, and I guess it's an interesting question of whether you can do heaviness like that and not have some morality. Like I don't think you're wrong. Yeah. There is there it's it's maybe not overt. But it's like, like they're not. Um, he could also just be painting the good times of the Nazi party, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, um, you know, like, yeah. well, okay, I'll put it to you this way: one of one of my favorite, and actually one of my big influences right now in the work that I'm doing is this guy Antonio Santelia. Hmm. He's a futurist from the Italian period. Oh, he's a fucking fascist. Like right, he right. died before right. he even got to fight in the war. Yeah, the futurists, yeah, they did like war, didn't they? The, yeah. the futurists were fucking insane. Like, there's so many parallels to how they see the world, to the, how mm. we see the world now that we have, like, this crazy technology that's going to, yeah. you know, solve all of humanity's problems. And, like, it's a, a, in this really Orwellian kind of changing the definition of words kind of way that we're headed towards. But, yeah. but, um, but, but, I mean, you know, like, I totally have an appreciation for him as an artist and as a really brilliant, like I, I grew up in neighborhoods that were inspired. Like I grew in the, in Italy, the suburbs aren't like suburbs out here where you just have houses with yards or triplexes or single family homes or duplexes. You have apartment buildings in the suburbs and they're all very, like there was a place called Fonte Meravigliosa, which is a marvelous fan, fountain translated. And mm. it's, it's a living, it's, it, the whole second, like it has a whole walkway up top with all the building for the residential stuff. And then just up, like the town square down. And so there were all these very, uh, it's kind of like all the, all the malls that you see now out here. I forget which one it is, but there's, there's a bunch of outdoorsy malls yeah. here that like are trying to redefine mall. So yeah. that it's not like the '80s vibe, right? Like the like, Citadel. Yeah, Citadel <laughs> shit like that. Yeah, well, Citadels that's like that's a little bit cheaper, like, like Lauren, right? Uh, yeah, it's an outlet. Yeah. yeah, I'm talking more like um, not even like even um, the Beverly Center or not the not the Beverly Center. I think I know what you're yeah. talking. About. It's yeah, it's just just there's it's a new thing. Yeah, but like that was just that's been around since like you mm. know ages. Like the idea of of uh, residential on top of building like on. Residential on top of uh, commercial, yeah, is like a huge thing over there. So anyway, so it, it 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 it's all this stuff that like like people don't understand how much fascism is involved. Like one of like Rome has two teams. One is Roma and one is Lazio. Lazio is the region, yeah. and Roma is they play in the same stadium. Lazio was founded by by uh, fascists, you know, and it and it's really crazy because like Italian fascism is so incompetent by comparison to like everything else. There's even people that argue that Franco and uh, and and Hitler were like not fascist because they were so much more violent towards. They killed so many more of their own people. Mm. Like not, like the the fascists weren't fucking murdering their own citizens at the same rate. They were ultra nationalists. That wanted to to have their own empire like the Brits did, mm. and then they fucked up, and they needed the Germans to bail them out, right? And mm. it's like, and and that's not an excusing that's not excusing <laughs> fascism, yeah, yeah. but what we call fascism is actually Nazism, you know, and like right. really really dark shit, True. Pinochet shit, right. uh, you know, Franco shit. Like Mussolini was like 
just a fucking thug. <laughs> that yeah. was an idiot, you know? Like, and really, all he wanted to do was have the Roman Empire again, which is like yeah. the dumbest shit. But you see all of that stuff in like, like, um, like in the Futurists. They're, they're really, that movement is oddly avant-garde and conceptual. Mm. You know, like the manifest, they wrote like the Manifesto of Futurist Cooking. If you read that, mm. it reads like performance art. It's, yeah. you know, like it's people having dinner and then you'll have like, fans that will blow in smells in between meals like it's really like uh. aristocratic and really crazy yeah like and um yeah i mean so so i i also find it so the conversation about the morality of it is interesting to me from that standpoint because like some of my favorite people some of my favorite artists are shitty people <laughs> yeah awful <laughs> awful human beings you know but but then they were also naive it was that they they had never had a country and they were like fucking they wanted to sever with the all, you know all the history and like be modern yeah you know? so that kind of gets back to you know separating the art from the artists but also what we talked about earlier where how an artwork kind of dictates itself to you after a certain point and you know the degree this happens even for Kiefer, like you said what do you think x is about well i i think it's about fairly obvious things again I, i'm I'll be honest, like, I think painters, sculptors, we're not usually dealing with, like, extremely uh, complex ideas. It's usually pretty pointed. And Kiefer's got his lexicon of imagery and material processes, and he kind of just does it. Mm. And then it's like, I'll put a satellite dish on this one. I'll put a submarine on that one. Boom. (laughs) You know, you got a show. (laughs) So, and you call it Exodus, and you put a bike on it, and... You know, like I'm yeah, not trying bike, to. I'm not, no, no, that bike was pretty, pretty. It was cool. It was cool, but it was also heavy-handed. I get, yeah. I get what you're saying. It, I'm not trying to discount him, but I'm saying, like, after a while, it's like, dramatic as fuck. It's very dramatic the way it was lit and everything. And after a while, an artist will kind of have again their lexicon of imagery, their style, and it's just kind of a piecing it together show by show. And it's like, what works, what doesn't, you know? Should I put this motif in or not? You know? So when you say like, what does it mean? Well. It means what he's always meant, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, nothing new, really. No, that um, is that is that's actually a fair criticism. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even criticizing because what he's meant, I I like a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's just um, if you're acting asking Same me precisely, like whether the politics around it, well, more precisely, it's just obviously liberal. Although what what oh, is? Oh yeah, yeah, no, politically he's probably wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Actually, that was something interesting. He said when they did the interview, him and michael govan at uh the marciano foundation i think his he was he talked at a certain point about identity politics but he talked about it from a european perspective specifically a german perspective which is very interesting because we when we say that in america we have a very precise idea of what we're talking about but he came from it from an identitarian position of how he was anti-identity politics and that he didn't like the idea that the Germans want to be German and they want to refuse uh, uh, migrants or refugees. So yeah. he came from a, from the European perspective, which is uh, different from just the American. Well, they uh, had one. they had a bunch of Turkish people come and yeah. like rebuild the country and didn't give them citizenship for the longest time. I don't uh, know. I, I think yeah, a lot of stuff is going on. <laughs> yeah, no. So it's like it it, it it's um. And and it I, makes sense that he who has been so anti-Nazi and had this on his mind so long of course he would be anti-identitarian and 
want to be pro. Are you pro identity? No, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying, like the the politics are, are at least yeah. from what he's saying, are very pointed and obvious and clear. But I, what I would say again is that what is the art saying? Yeah, I would say that it it's it's much harder to get at and. It, it it might not line up perfectly with what he's saying. Oh yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I totally, I totally understand that. And and like the point you make of of him being a liberal, it's almost. Um, well, we all we all are, aren't we? <laughs> no, I'm to the left of you guys. <laughs> you guys are right wing to me, um, but I mean that's fair enough. Like I'm friends with right wingers. <laughs> Uh, like I'm from Florida. I don't, I don't oh, sure. discount anyone based on their politics, especially I'm from Texas. Yeah. yeah you know, like, yeah. uh, th there are some good people and you can agree on sure. how to treat each other without, uh, yeah. Get having that be the forefront. In fact, I, I almost like, it's more fun to argue with a, with a right winger than a liberal these days because yes. liberals are taking things a little seriously <laughs> in terms of, um, of, uh, of Trump breaking their brain. But and, then, and they're like, we have to save democracy. We can't let this guy get voted in. I'm like, you're describing democracy. Yeah. Like if he gets voted in, anyway, I'm not, I'm not a Trump supporter. I fucking hate him. He did horrible. Like uh, he did the war shit to Cuba. Uh, we were on a path to have Cuba have open borders. And then he closed it down. And then Biden came in and was like, I like it. We're going to keep it like this. Mm. And uh, so I can't travel to, to the country. But anyway, mm. the, the, the point... And you can't even travel there? I can't. Not from here. I mean, I have to go through Mexico. Oh, right, right. But like literally there's... My sister just went and there's nobody there. Like anybody that's uh, between 18 and 40 has left. Really? Uh, yeah. And, and it, so, so I'm not... I'm not Jeez. I, yeah, and then same shit as... He did the same shit to Venezuela. So I'm not like... A pro, I want to be clear. Trump is a piece of shit. I'm not... But... Anyway, yeah. this will probably be cut out. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, you edit these? Okay. I mean, not really. Like, but just I, whenever politics like this comes up, it, it's just yeah. so triggering to people. Yeah. No, that's all, that's all good. But, <laughs> cut uh, out whatever you want. No, no. But I mean, this is a really fascinating conversation, and I, I think I do. I, I really think that you, like, you made me think about Kiefer. I don't. I, tr I don't really try to consider the artist's politics most of the time. No. It, because it, it, most of the time, I yeah. really, I don't agree with most people in the world about politics because I have a very specific worldview. Mm. I come from refugee parents. I lived, at my, my dad worked for neoliberalism for most of my life at the UN. Mm. So I have a very different perspective on, yeah, how, on what on what neoliberalism has done to Africa because that's who he worked with specifically. Mm. Um, that was... Like you, you know, you were talking about identitarian stuff. The the um, race reductionism is a real thing here. You know, mm. like there's no nuance to 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 the way that people talk about it. It's either you're, yeah, you know, true. like like and it, and it, it makes sense why because of the original sin of slavery, but mm. uh, the the racial tensions are different elsewhere. You know, mm. and yeah. uh, and and Europe's global south is Africa. Right. There, that's the Mexico. Of, of Africa. That's where the migrants come from. They're not coming from Mexico <laughs> in the same numbers <laughs> yeah, as right. they're coming here. Yeah. So, so that all of that stuff is really interesting. Mm. I, I, I agree. I think that if, if I include what you point out about his politics into what I think about his work, I would probably have a very hard time with it. <laughs> yeah. I, I would, I, I, if I, if I went and listened to what his politics are, uh, 
just because of the generational thing. Sure. Yeah. You know, and, and all of that. Uh, well, you said something interesting where your uh, opinion of the occupations was more ambivalent, you said, and, and, or that you saw it more as an amb- ambivalent gesture. What, uh, what, which one? The, the, when he was doing the Sig Heil. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, and that was interesting because that's kind of like a punk rock thing then, like, you know, yeah. like, you know, um, and uh, I've never thought of it that way. I, I guess I never thought of it that way because usually it's never packaged that way. But it, that actually is kind of intriguing. It's, well, it's um, like Joey Ramone wearing a fucking swastika. <laughs> it's a little different because it was a German <laughs> in Germany doing this. Yeah. And a Jew in a punk band? Uh, it's still a little different i say i mean i don't know i, I mean, mean it's definitely not the same thing but uh i mean it's different when the fucking guy from the sex pistols does it that guy's a douchebag <laughs> <laughs> isn't there one of them didn't one of the guys kill it's also it's also like the the nature of the media the medium might dictate them the messaging there where he's a punk rocker right so yeah, yeah. whereas Kiefer was a, an artist and you know um artists i I think only like the idea of ambivalence or like thumbing your nose or at, uh, at the high low kind of uh, play is it. Well, I, I don't know. Uh, I'm getting muddled now. Nah. It's just interesting that you no, brought no, that up because it's, it's, um, it's usually that that would be like if an American did it, I could see that kind of. Uh, oh, that dude would get canceled. Well, no, no, back then, though. Oh, yeah. Um, I could see how that might be the reaction. How it's just provocative and, and blah, blah, blah. And it was certainly provocative even then. But I think that there would... Even Kiefer, I would think, would say this, that there seems to be more sincerity behind the gesture. It's not just provocative for provocative sake. Oh, know? no, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I definitely don't think... It, I mean, it's... It, the, the fucking weight of it is too heavy. You can't just... Yeah. Like, that's not something... In, a German in Germany doing that is just not something that you can take lightly, you yeah. know, in any context, because they could go to fucking jail. Like, straight up. Yeah. Um, it's this is really interesting. I, w- I wish we could go on and on. I, I don't want to take your time, uh, 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 too much of your time, because we've been going for like an hour and seventeen minutes. Anything that we can promote for you, man. This was really interesting. Like, not not everybody. I I like this because not everybody that I have on the show has such a rigorous. In fact, you're gonna probably be one of the people that that people are like, I don't know what to put to, what to talk about because some people come in with really good topics, and I'm like, I'm an idiot, guys. <laughs> You can talk to me about anything, yeah. But this, but this, I, I do enjoy these rigorous, like, um, you know, art specific conversations. Sometimes people come and talk about like other things, which are fine too, because we always get down to the core of what makes you an artist that way. But yeah, I'm really, I, I, I like it when somebody has a lot of theory. And sometimes people will come on and they'll have really dense topics that are interesting, but not art related. So mm. I really like that we were able to talk like just straight art for like. <laughs> <laughs> this is the most art heavy episode that we've that i've had in a long time so oh, thank dang. you yeah thank you thank you for for caring about these things and uh and yeah. uh i'm sorry for joking that the about the nazis <laughs> being right. nah it's all good you know it's <laughs> it one of those too fucking funny though. yeah it's one of those things where once you start talking about people people are always like mm, what, what is, what's he what's he actually getting at you know no no no, no. <laughs> i didn't think that you were but 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 it was just such a funny setup where it's like how is he so sure he's right oh <laughs> uh, yeah yeah <laughs> anyway yeah uh um so you, you people guy can 
find your Instagram permanent storage? It's at? Uh, yeah, on Instagram, permanent storage projects and underscore in between all the words. Okay, and yeah. then your personal is at Cameron Cummings? No, it's at the body photographic. Okay, and it, it, <laughs> but if you see Cameron Diaz with jizz in her hair, you're in the right place. Yeah, it's Cameron Cummings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Someone man. recently asked me why I had Cameron Diaz. That's the first time anyone asked, like, don't you don't you know? Don't you get it? <laughs> you don't know that there's something about Mary. Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, cool, man. And then uh, yeah, we'll be back next week with another guest with another topic that may or may not be art related. Any website for you? <laughs> yeah, CameronCumming.com. Oh, you noticed that that's the end. That, that that's like literally the sign off. That wasn't directed at you. <laughs> the oh, sign off no. is always is always that may or may not be art related. <laughs> that's why I was so excited. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah. Yeah. So this one was very much art related. Sometimes I'll even assess, uh, mm. you know, how much art content there was in the art conversation. Mm. All right, man. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Thanks and, for coming over and setting all this stuff up. And yeah. Taking no, your time. Oh, dude. I mean, I'd be doing it if you didn't invite me. <laughs> <laughs> Just break in here. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. Cool. And we'll see you guys next week. Thank you so much.